Good afternoon, Super Kicking with Stephen fans. Thank you for joining me here on the Facebook page, joining me on the um, YouTube page for BW Sports One, and for joining us on BW Sports Facebook page. Real quick, want to give a shout out to Elite Performance. I just stopped by there this morning. Finally met in person some of our fellow co-hosts. Uh, met Damon, Dan, Tom, uh, and Monica, which is on there. So let's give you a quick plug for the Elite Performance Center because they're doing a little uh, powerlifting competition today. And if you want to get fit and uh, get some muscles working, so here you go. Let's do that real quick, and then we'll bring on Greg, and we'll get started with our show. So definitely check out Elite Performance uh, for all your uh, muscle needs there. So uh, let's bring on our favorite co-host, Greg, the one right there. Ready to talk up Hell in a Cell, ready to talk up Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and of course his sons who are in the conference finals. Uh, what? How many games are you calling, Greg, for your sons? Oh, man, we're on a roll, man. We're on fire. We had a little scare with uh, Chris Paul. He's in the uh, COVID protocol, protocol. and uh, the challenger was just determined uh, last night. The Clippers beat the Jazz to close them out, and uh, tomorrow night, I believe, is game one. Oh, um, okay. So no rest for the Clippers. I didn't realize. Well, I guess no. one game, but one day. No, nope, yeah. no rest in there, man, because Kawhi Leonard's out. So uh, their super team is no more as Paul George and the rest of them. And, uh, Playoff P. That's right. And you got the uh, Red Hot Suns team coming in. And uh, there's no better way to uh, mark their arrival than uh, taking out the number one, two, and three teams in the, in the conference on the way to the finals. So... You get to uh, knock out both L.A. teams and Denver in the MVP. So uh, there's no better way to get to the top than go through that gauntlet. So uh, you, super hype for my sons. You saying five games or six games? Uh, I'll, I'll call it five. We're going to have oh. one game probably without Chris Paul. Uh, we're still waiting to see if he's uh, cleared the COVID protocol. But if not, he's probably going to miss game one tomorrow night. Uh, other than that, I'm going to give them, say, Suns in five and then bring on the East. Now, I wonder if he would have been vaccinated. Would he have missed any time? No, he has been vaccinated. He got oh, vaccinated yes. in February. Okay. Okay. So, so, he's, okay. so that almost helped reason. in a way. Absolutely. Because if, if he wasn't vaccinated and he gets COVID, he's probably out the rest of the time, I would yeah, think. He, he, he'd missed at least half the series. Uh, depending yeah. on how competitive the Suns were. Okay. But, uh, yeah, they all got 
vaccinated in February, and so uh, it's shortening his timetable considerably. Actually, uh, they're checking to see if he can get two back-to-back negative tests, mm. and uh, so he, does, he can, he can play right play tomorrow. But it's okay. probably it look like the second game on uh, Tuesday. So, but uh, I still like their chances because he's only going to miss one maybe two games at the most but uh mm-hmm. the way the Suns are playing you know they can afford a game without him and he's got a shoulder injury he's, he's making better um at the same time so uh the rest is at an unfortunate time but it's still a good time for him to get back at peak performance yeah and we got bucks the next game seven tonight and then is it hawks and sixers tomorrow uh, that, is that game seven too? Um, I know Bucks I and Nets for sure. I think the Hawks may close that out. The last time I saw something uh, last night saying uh, Trey Young was going off. Uh, I never okay. saw what I the uh, final result of that was, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm pulling for Atlanta Maybe. because there's another uh, super First team time. Yeah. out of there. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, good stuff happened. But game sevens are always fun. So, I think I'm pretty sure that's oh, today yeah. or tonight. So, that should be interesting to kind of see because either one of those teams could, you know, represent the East, you think. So, um, but we got our own big stuff to talk about. We have a NXT with a super return, which was not that unexpected, but it was cool to see. Uh, we had the Hell in a Cell match last night. Which was weird to see. Uh, the first time, I believe, on network television, and the first time since 98 when it was Kane and Mankind, I think in a tag team match or something like that. So it'd been a while for Hell in a Cell. Uh, I, I'm still not sure why they pulled the trigger on it, but <laughs> if the network wants them, I guess that's what they give them. So uh, let's get started with Raw, though. We'll kind of do some quick hits on this. Um, give you the Raw SmackDown talk, NXT talk. Then we'll do our Hell in a Cell predictions and uh, get you off on the day. Uh, Nikki Cross continues her winning ways, uh, defeating Charlotte by countout. I'm going to assume we got to put Nikki Cross in a title match soon. Do you think that happens maybe like after Hell in a Cell? Does it maybe happen at Money in the Bank? Uh, Triple Threat, your favorite type of matches, Greg? What do we got for Nikki Cross next? Um. And my first, I still hate it. The shiny, happy Nikki is not doing anything for me. Um, I like sanity Nikki, but that's just me. Um, she's going to get inserted into the title picture because who else are you going to put in there? Um, you know, Nia and Shane are doing their own thing, and uh, they're not ready to come into the picture. And um, Charlotte and Rhea are figuring out who's going to have the uh, the title. So. There's no obvious next in line, and they're using this angle with uh, Nikki to, you know, push somebody to the front. And we've seen Oscar uh, for long enough getting a pinball between Charlotte and Rhea. So uh, she's cannon father. She'll take up the next four weeks to the next pay per view. And uh, you know, there's there's no Daniel Bryan moment about to happen here. Um, so. This is like the last little uh, run of throwaway matches before we get back to live crowds. We still got another month 
before WWE goes on the road uh, for good. And so, in a you know, it's kind of a backhanded way of giving Nikki some shine before. Okay, now we're getting back in front of the crowd. Now we got to turn it up. And um, so Nikki will probably get the the championship match in at the next pay per view. But this is just the bridge to live crowds. So that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, and Rhea Ripley defeated Oscar later on in the night. Uh, just you know, we keep man, we keep giving Rhea Ripley some good wins. So uh, here's the next two matches. So we had John Morrison defeat Jeff Hardy, and then Cedric Alexander was out there. He said if he would beat Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy would have to retire. I kind of want them to pull the trigger on it. I mean, you can bring Jeff Hardy back whenever. We know how retirements go in wrestling. But we had Jeff Hardy defeat Cedric Alexander. So, I don't know. <laughs> like, what was the point? Um, unless Cedric beats him at the, you know, like Money in the Bank next month or something like that. But uh, I really want, I guess I just want too much for Cedric Alexander. He's not going to get it. And that's probably my own problem. But, uh, Greg, we got these two matches kind of back-to-back. Uh, give us your thoughts on these kind of back-to-back matches and Cedric Alexander, Jeff Hardy's, you know, involvement with each other. Uh, I guess just an obvious bridge from one to the other, uh, going from uh, John Morrison, which there's kind of no purpose in doing that, really, mm-hmm. to uh, Cedric and Jeff starting a program. Uh, I don't know about you, but I do not care to hear another Cedric Alexander promote promo. Uh, until, do you think he's too like he forces it too much? It doesn't feel natural when he's right, talking. Right, right, and the way his voice is crackling, and you know, it makes your it makes my heart listen to him because he's not a heel. That's the thing. Like he's not his story shouldn't be a heel. You know, like when we think back to his CWC stuff and just the two hundred five live stuff. I mean, he's He's a good guy, like, and that's that's fine. But like you said, I think he just – it doesn't feel natural for him. It's like Natalia when she tries to be the heel thing, you know, the heel side. It just doesn't feel comfortable for them. So, I, yeah, I agree. The Cedric, you know, he's always like, and Jeff, Jeff, and he's like yelling. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to yell. Like, right. you know, you got to learn how to enunciate. Like there's – a way to use it in different ways, like yell when you want to, but then also reel back, you know, almost the dark side of a heel, you know, where right. you're, you have to listen. But yes, I, I definitely agree with you. I think they're just doing him wrong. Like, and why did John Morrison defeat Jeff Hardy? <laughs> like that made no sense. You know, Real you just have Jeff Hardy win and then just have Cedric Alexander say, well, I can beat Jeff Hardy. Then if he loses, he loses. But, uh, should we just get to the next uh, stuff? Because Eva Marie came back with a mysterious woman who was never seen on NXT UK ever, Greg. No. Never, ever seen. Um, she has no name, Jeez. but she is named AKA Piper Nevin, Nevin, sorry, who actually faced Tony Storm for the title at one point and was on NXT UK, but we're not supposed to know who she is. Uh, I love this, actually. I kind of love that they use somebody in Eva Marie's place and you have Eva Marie announcing herself as the winner because this is just going to build up Piper, you know, when the crowds are back, it's going to get the crowd wanting her 
just to turn on Eva Marie. And I think it could almost build her up a little bit. So, you know, if I, I feel bad for Naomi, it had to come at Naomi's benefit or almost disservice. But, you know, this, I think this is going to work out okay. And it's good to maybe almost do it before the crowds get back because you can kind of tweak it if you need to. So you got a month to kind of mess with it and then see if the crowds are digging it. And I, I think if you play it right, it could work out okay. You know, because you're going to have the crowds hating Eva Marie saying she's the winner. But if her mysterious cohort is doing the work, you're going to get the crowd coming like, okay. So I think it's going to be okay. What do you think, Greg? What do you, you dig in this? Or do you think it's, uh, do you think we should do something else with Eva Marie? Yeah, I, I get it. Um, you know, it's, it's classic heel stuff to do there. And uh, I love how they, like nobody knows who Piper Niven is. Nobody knows or watches NXT UK. Is that what you're trying to tell us? I mean, we all watch NXT and if watch NXT and love it as much as, you know, we do, you know, we're going to watch NXT UK and we know who Piper Niven is and we know where she can go. So I was uh, happy to see her on the main roster, get some shine. And, uh, you know, those of us in the know are going to know who she is and look forward to her matches and then um, with the obvious turn in mind down the road and then um, Eva's going to have to uh, fight for herself or find another lackey to uh, throw at her until she has no choice but to get in the ring. But yeah, we see where it's going and uh, you know, we'll wait it out and see um, and you know, enjoy watching Piper and hating uh, Eva Marie Moore, uh, you know, talking to all her self empowerment stuff. You can do it, uh, kind of stuff. It's old, old hat by now, and uh, coming out of her mouth, very, very false, considering what she's doing. So uh, she's going to get booed out of the building every night, and it's going to be good for her. And that's uh, probably the best thing, like you said, the talking and not backing it up. That's going right. to. Uh, I was also wondering, like. Um, you know, it's funny that they, well, on Twitter, Eva Marie tweeted out, here's my new partner, and she tagged her. <laughs> she tagged Piper Niven. I was like, well, why didn't you just, why did we not just give her the name? I'm hearing they might change her name, and that's why they're not telling her yet, which makes uh -huh. sense because if she's on the main roster, she's got to get merchandise for the new name. So, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it was just it's funny because I even thought Corey Graves was on it at NXT UK show once. I know Michael Cole was. Maybe was, maybe yeah. I'm just saying about Michael Cole. It's probably Michael Cole and Nigel McGinnis that won the very first takeover UK or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, just funny that nobody, you know, they'd act like, well, we don't know who she is. But, and I, I could maybe see the Jimmy Smith guy, like he could play it up because he's literally just new, you know, but. I don't know. It just, it was a weird, but like we said, I can, I can see the bigger picture and we'll see if that bigger picture turns out how they should. So, uh, RK bro defeated the new day. Just, you know, those two teams are going back. I personally think RK bro needs a tag team title shot. Even if they lose, I'd still want to throw them into tag team picture or time team title picture. So, uh, how about you, Greg, do you want to see them get a tag team title shot down the road or just kind of keep, Going like they are. 
Yeah, it's just the only point with them, you know. Otherwise, why do it? Um, they're getting hot. They, I think, we started drifting away from when is Randy going to RKO Matt and leave him land to actually enjoying this team mm-hmm. um, because and they've done a great job of building it up and making it look like it. Okay, here's comes right here, and not doing it, and at the same time pulling us into it and the way they've been uh, the two play off each other perfectly and then you add in you know Matt using Randy's moves and then Randy using Matt's moves and you know it's drawing you in and drawing you in and drawing you in and it's going to be that perfect moment probably in a title match when it's time for them to uh, you know get the win and then we're going to get knocked out of nowhere and you know, he's build him up to get him to the, the peak and then, bam, jerk uh, the ball out from under us. So um, the only way this can go is towards a, a title shot. And I'm loving the way they're doing it right now. And you wondered, could you pull that, the turn, that first raw with people? Because that could get the crowd kind of like that drug pop. So I'm, I'll be curious, like, and I mean, you know, like I've said, I wonder if we maybe might pull the trigger on Riddle kind of being fed up with Orton, not going along with him. So maybe we have Riddle kind of turn on Orton and, you know, kind of go the opposite way because we all think it's going to be Orton doing the turning. But, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that first roll with people, like why not have um, Riddle just fed up with it and takes him out and, you know, acts like he's all cool though, but – uh yeah, I, I'm. We're definitely ready for crowds to be back. So I feel like, like you said, I think the crowd would be really digging into this. You know, especially yeah. if Orton want, does one of the, um, if he does the the uh, the jump in the middle of the ring like he's done before, way back in the day. <laughs> you know, we're we're not gonna get him any uh, flip flops, but he could at least do that cool jump. So uh, I right. did bring up Rhea Rip, Ripley. Uh, sorry, Rhea Ripley defeat Oscar. Not much there. Alexa Bliss defeated Nia Jax by DQ. The big story here was Alexa Bliss had Reginald <laughs> hypnotized. So that was kind of fun to see. Um, Red or Nia Jax, or sorry, Reginald helped Nia Jax uh, try to lo- try to win, but uh, or not take the loss, sorry. But we had Alexa Bliss showing another side of her. We're going to get Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler at Hell in a Cell. And I have no idea what way that match is going to go, but I think it's going to be interesting. So. Uh, any thoughts, Greg, on Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax happening here with Reginald being hypnotized by Alexa Bliss there for a few seconds? Yeah, the hypnotizing thing was a little funny for a minute. It reminded me of a dog, you know, mm-hmm. the way it tilts his head when he's... Yes. Uh, that's what that reminded me of, so that made me laugh. And uh, I have zero expectation for Bliss and Baszler. Um and what they're doing. So I hope that they can do something impressive because the whole uh, angle with um, Bliss and Shane has uh, done nothing for me. They haven't explained anything. Why is Shane at the target? Um, there's no backstory to this whole thing. So you have no reason to be invested. And so... Uh, the fact they've done a crap job explaining what's going on aside from um, the story behind 
Lily and uh, Bliss, there's there's nothing to it. So there's nothing for us to grab onto. So maybe some things will get explained, you know, as during or after in the aftermath of this match. But right now, it's I have zero expectation for it because they've done a crap job explaining it. And of course, we're going to have no Lily. It sounds like for the time being. So that's going to be, you know, I wonder if they might have Lily just pop out of nowhere um, at some point. I think that could be like a, a red herring or whatever, your decoy to say that Lily won't be there, but then Lily shows up at some point. So uh, Jackson Riker defeat Elias by countout. That's all we got to say about that. Sure, just I've got nothing, Greg, on you know, Jackson Riker and Elias. I'm sorry. You could have at it. I'll let you speak for us. <laughs> I got nothing. I just I can't get into it. There's, I I, I agree. I mean, it's uh, what they're doing. With Riker is makes no sense. He looks like uh, too much of uh, Zack Ryder. Yes, you he know, looks like a Zack Ryder. Name, like the look, ten years, everything in the future. <laughs> like he looks right. like a beaten down Zack Ryder. He, he needs to change his whole appearance, his whole gimmick, because the whole thing is just, um, he's going to be one of those guys, he walks out and nobody's going to do anything, just crickets. Yeah, so and that's the worst away. reaction. Exactly. Like, like we said, you, if you get no reaction, that's the worst reaction, because that means people don't mean, I think you just need to shave the head. I think he needs to bite the bullet. I mean, he shaved it, but it's still got that weird, you know, like the comb over. I'm like, dude. It's it's done. <laughs> that that's all she wrote there for you, man. You just gotta buzz cut it and move on because that thing is uh, that thing is not left. So, um, and then finally we had so we had Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles going at it. That ended a DQ because Bobby Lashley was out there, almost was out there, and the Viking Raiders. So of course we got the six man tag match. We had Drew McIntyre and the Viking Raiders win. They defeat Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and almost. I tell you what, Bobby Lashley got changed quick because <laughs> they got you know that commercial break and he was running down the ring in his in his. Well, luckily he just has put on you know a pair of tights and boots, but uh, I thought he was just going to wrestle in the suit just to kind of see how and, you know or the the shirt and pants to kind of see how that goes. Uh, Drew McIntyre lands the um, the the Claymore kick on Bobby Lashley to win the match. Which, of course, we all know that means Drew McIntyre ain't winning on Sunday. You can mark that down. That is my locket and put in your pocket (laughs) pick of the week. If we have our friend Rafael Sponza doing betting odds, he'd probably put that to whatever the best odds are ever (laughs) because Drew ain't winning. And I still want Drew to win in front of a crowd. So I'm okay if Drew goes down at the bottom and starts his way back up, you know, towards next year. So. Uh, Greg, any thoughts on the main event of Monday Night Raw? Yeah, you know, seen it once, seen it a thousand times. And, uh, yeah, I agree. So whoever finishes, you know, with the pen on the go-home show is going to take the L on the pay-per-view nine times out of ten. So um, I was done with McIntyre as the champion for a while. So um, I'm still joking for you know, that next month going by and we hear Brock, Brock Lesnar's music coming out and we get the match we want. So um, keep it on Lashley and keep pushing forward and 
once we're back on the road full time and we can build up Lesnar and lastly the dream match, you know, let's go get that. I mean, there's a, there's nobody else that we can throw at Lashley right now. At you know, when if you want to do SummerSlam as big as you say you do in Vegas, I mean, you better be talking to Brock every day exactly. and just saying, hey, you know, you can come on the Raw before <laughs> SummerSlam and like take out like I don't you know, you know, you could show up the Raw after we start live crowds at Raw before, but. Uh, I just don't know who else. There's nobody else right now. Like, you know, if I think if you would have went away from Drew, maybe you could have revisited that at SummerSlam. But you kind of, I mean, we've, you know, now we can't. Like, we, we're we going to end it here. Drew, I don't know what Drew's going to do for SummerSlam. Because I feel like I want him to do something a little bit bigger. But I think it'll almost be in the mid-card level that he'll do something. But, um, yeah, the only match for Lashley is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, like I said, they better be Vince better get on his private jet, go to Canada and say, hey, Brock, <laughs> you're coming with me. Have Heyman with him. So um, hey, just bring the yeah. Prince truck and Brock will be ready. <laughs> Chris, bring every you can bring Sable with you if you want. <laughs> so, uh, let's do a quick uh, realty talk. We got a few commercials this hour, so I want to make sure we get them all in. We got some realty talk. We're going to talk up NXT next because that's the big return that we all want to talk about. So Realty Talk first, then we'll get into Samoa Joe back in NXT. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself, 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today. 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. So there you go. If you want to get some realty done, definitely talk to Sean. But on to Tuesday night's episode of NXT. We had Karen Cross, or sorry, we had William Regal out there. Uh, the end of takeover in your house saw William Regal say a change is needed. You know, there's just too much chaos. Uh, I kind of thought they might write off William Regal uh, because he, I mean, he's been in NXT from the start and I'm sure he's ready. He's probably due for a break. Uh, so he's out there talking. You have Karrion Cross with Scarlet out there. Karrion Cross wants William Regal to say, Hey, Cross was right. Cross was right. Then we hear the, Ooh, ah, Ooh, ah, Music and Samoa Joe's back on the scene, and the crowd was popping for it. Internet was blowing up for it. It had one of the top views on YouTube, which is saying a lot because it's Samoa Joe. It sounds like he'll be exclusively to NXT, which will be awesome because even if he doesn't wrestle, he's a good voice down there. He probably could be a good trainer, coach. I mean, there's all kinds of avenues. Would I have loved for him to go AW, mess it up, or mix it up there? Yeah. Maybe go back to Ring of Honor and, you know, finish where he started. Yeah, but it it never felt like he was going to be gone that long. Did it ever feel like that way to you, Greg? Um, you know, the fact they released him to begin with, um, 
threw up some red flags. Um, yeah. And I would have loved to see him pop over in AEW and take over. Uh, a Samoa Joe Kenny Omega match would have been, I would have put down money to watch that. And, uh, you know, I'll go to whatever lease I need to to stream it. I would have just paid to see that because that would have yeah. been an amazing match. Um, but that being said, I didn't see any spoilers. I didn't see anything. And I watched it the day after. Um, I didn't see anything that tipped it off. And so when I watched that and heard Joe come out during Regal's uh, little speech there, I popped hard for that because <laughs> that was so unexpected. Um, when they release these guys, they don't come back very often, or at least not that fast. And the when we talked about it, that was the biggest head scratcher. So I'm uh, thrilled to death seeing him back down at NXT. Um, and he can have a, um, a career revival the way Finn Bella has uh, when he came down. Um, Finn came down and he killed it. And I'm um, sure he gets some well-deserved time off now before he pops up somewhere else. Joey did the same thing. Get off the commentary desk and take more active role where there's you know going back to being a full-time wrestler or something where he has a bigger voice more stroke and this is the perfect uh spot for him uh, i didn't want to see see him become commissioner either but uh, they didn't do a good job of defining exactly during that segment what his role was um, sounds like he was offering the commissionership and then he said no and then, but if you do this, you know, it conditions it provision. Right. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, so what's his job then? And so um, He's the we got to see it more. <laughs> yeah, as the show went on, that, uh, you know, he's going to be the force that keeps everybody in line. And that fits his, his, staff, his status. And uh, so I'm excited to see how that goes. In, and sure, it's not by mistake that he ended up going face to face, which each of the five guys who were in the main event at uh, in your house. So, you know, establishing yourself with the top dogs in the company right off the bat is a good way of establishing uh, what Joe's position is going to be going forward. So I'm here for it. And I, I was a little hopeful that he got physical with Adam Cole, that maybe he's going to be able to wrestle sooner rather than later. Because originally it sounded like, you know, he was done for good and maybe just could do, you know, nothing. But maybe he could get medically cleared sooner rather than later because he he choked out Adam Cole, uh, which they did announce Adam Cole, Kyle Riley 2 will be for the Great American Bash. Straight up wrestling match. So I'm going to assume we're going to get three matches out of that. Maybe TakeOver will be the final straw. I think that has to be loser leaves NXT because I'm here the draft will be at the end of August, and I would think you want to call up Adam Cole by then. You know, Kyle O'Reilly, he needs some time down there, establish himself as a singles guy. Adam Cole is beyond ready to be on the main roster. I know whatever happens on the main roster will happen, but NXT is not, you know, he's just, there's no need for him down there anymore. So maybe we'll get the loser leaves town match for the third and final, you know, um, trilogy of this. So, 
we also saw Brizago defeat Imperium. I was very surprised by that, Greg. I don't know about – well, I'm sure you were too because we talk up Imperium a lot. We don't really talk up Brizango, even though they were former NXT champions, and that was the first title that Tyler Breeze or Fandango had ever won, like ever. So um, kind of cool to see Brizango pick up the win. I hope it doesn't mean Imperium's totally fracturing. We've already lost Alexander Wolf. You know, we haven't seen Walter back with them yet in NXT. We have seen him on NXT UK, but I think there's still legs left with Imperium. But uh, I thought, you know, kind of a cool upset for Brizongo. How about you, Greg? Um, I didn't dig it. I'm not a Brizongo uh, fan. Um, they've just kind of more of a, a comedy act, and I don't really dig the comedy acts unless they're really well done and thought out. Um, you know, New Day, they're comedy too, but they're – legit they can go and they're um you know you get your bang for the buck with with the team like new day brazongo is kind of like the dollar store version of what new day is trying to do um uh, go back up to the the fashion files and the bad puns and all that crap. oh i love the fashion files i'm sorry um, i loved it so much <laughs> i mean i think they i i, I real quick with the fashion i think they I don't think they thought that the fashion files was going to take off like it did. That's I think true. they were just given it and try. There is one of those, just make the most of it. And then, I mean, I loved it because they had such little inside stuff too, that you really had to catch up on. And I thought, you know, that was kind of, you know, so I enjoyed it, but you know, like you uh, said, yeah. I could see where you're, I could see where you're going because there are comedy at times doesn't hit it's kind of right. hit or miss and i still haven't seen a real classic match yeah. from them um you know like we get from a team like new day where you know their matches are serviceable they're decent but they haven't thrown down any like real classic matches um that i can like they need a good to. ladder match or a good title match or a good right, and they probably need that stip, you know, ladder or no DQ, you know, something like you. And I, I can see that because I couldn't tell you, heck, I can't even remember when they won the titles, and I know that they won them. So that probably says I felt like they won them on a TV episode though, for some yeah, weird I, reason. I can reference one match that I've seen that was uh, probably the best match I've ever seen. The men was. Uh, at a pay-per-view with the Usos. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, I forgot what the Usos was, but I have never laughed so hard in a match as during that match. Because that's when he was, like, dressed up as a janitor at first, right? right? Yeah. Right. Back, that was, I like, mean, a backlash. There was, like, three Thank or four you. different costume yeah. changes during yes. that match, and it was the funniest thing ever. So, um it was a great match. It was a hilarious match and it was a plus across the board. But aside from that match, uh, I've never seen Brizongo do anything on that level. Um, so, you know, bringing the, legit the legitimacy to go with the comedy, uh, the way new day does. Um, and I keep bringing up new day because that's the closest example of getting it right that I can give you. So um, 
I'm hoping that they do something with Imperium to keep them strong because I like the way they're made up and you know their message. Um, Walter in the background to maybe bring in a new member, do a little retool. But uh, I hope they don't, you know, put an end to Imperium by, uh, you know, jobbing out the the two that are on the show regularly. Yeah, you wonder. I think this is just a fluky upset, and I do think Imperium probably just beats the heck out of them <laughs> next time they, you know, face each other. But I mean, it's a good little rivalry to kind of build that next title contender as well. So um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I am digging what Kushida's doing. You know, we're calling up these names that we don't know necessarily. Are there independent names that had different names and other, and it, you know, it's given a pretty good shine. Like this guy, Trey Baxter, I thought he, you know, looked pretty legit with Kushida. And then we also heard that Kyle Riley could pick his opponent for next week. And he picked Kushida. We don't know who Adam Cole's picking. Because he was choked out, <laughs> so he—I don't know if he ever woke up to announce his opponent, but I think you should have done where you announce, like Kyle Riley should announce who Adam Cole should face. Like I'm surprised mm-hmm. that they said, "Well, I'll let you name your opponent." Like that, like you could—I don't—you could have just said, "Well, I'm gonna wrestle the mop," you know, like something dumb like that. But <laughs> I would have loved to do mm-hmm. the opponent names the you know the opponent for the other person. I don't—I was just kind of surprised I pulled that off, but. Uh, what do you think about Trey Baxter and his debut? I mean, he looked pretty solid, and like I said, Kushida, I think, is finding his way. Yeah, and I'm with you. I thought that's what they were doing, was picking an opponent for each other and not their own opponent. <laughs> um, so that confused me, too, until Kyle O'Reilly got in the ring and challenged Kushida. like, what? what? Um, yeah. But uh, Baxter was impressive. Uh, I liked him. A lot more than some of the others they try to get to get over lately, like uh, Zoe Stark and um, the Soraya, what the, Soraya, the new Japanese yeah. girl. Yeah, we haven't seen her on TV um, in a couple of weeks, too, have we? I don't no, think. we haven't, and it's probably for a reason for that. Um, but uh, this bachelor kid looks like he's got he's got some uh, get up behind him. He can go. Uh, I was impressed watching that match. It was a really good match, and uh, Baxter held his own. Uh, he shined, and I, while I was still thinking that this was a pick an opponent for your opponent uh, angle, that maybe he was going to pick Baxter to go against Adam Cole. So um, I liked that he came out there, so you didn't know who was who was going to challenge. You know, maybe he challenged the new kid. Um, but yeah, I'm a lot higher on what I saw from Baxter than some of the. Uh, recent people they've brought in. So um, kids got good prospects. And I wonder if maybe Adam Cole will pick, sorry, Trey Baxter because he thinks he'll be an easy win. And maybe you pull the upset because it's not going to hurt Adam Cole. And, you know, if so, I could see that actually happening because I, you know, like you said, you had to have Kyle Riley maybe think about picking Trey Baxter, but, I could see Adam Cole picking him. Maybe Kyle Riley comes out and interfere, you know, does like some distraction. But I could see Trey Baxter mm-hmm. taking, you know, getting a fluky win over Adam Cole. Adam Cole takes him out anyway. You know, it won't hurt the win loss. Or I mean, it will be a loss, but it won't hurt anything on Adam Cole to lose. But um, how about LA Knight? 
<laughs> what he decided to do. <laughs> so he, you know, he got the title and he's like, I got what I needed. And then he lays into Ted DiBiase a couple times. We have Cameron Grimes make the save, which I thought all along, it made a lot more sense if you're going to pair Ted DiBiase with Cameron Grimes. I think they play off a lot better with each other. And that, but that got LA Knight, I think, to that next level. You know, we were kind of wondering, like, if LA Knight, you know, was kind of just in, you know, in stagnant. I didn't, you know, I wasn't getting a lot out of him. I think that kind of put him over for me. You know, the the way he, he really seemed confident with it, and he seemed into it. And I don't know if he had seemed into what he was doing, bef- you know, before. That's just kind of what I was getting out of it. So um, I kind of want Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase to be a partnership, but this LA Knight with the title should be interesting. So, uh, Greg, what are your thoughts on this whole angle with LA Knight, Ted DiBiase, and uh, Cameron Grimes? Yeah, I, I love all of it. Um, I've made no moans about how big an LA Knight fan I am, mm-hmm. aside from the name LA Knight. I still don't dig it. But, um, I'm big. Yeah, we do the DMD with LA Knight now. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I love him as Eli Drake and, you know, Impact. And he's bring, he's brought the whole shtick, the whole, uh, all the catchphrases, the, all this stuff over to um, NXT without changing a thing aside from the name. And, uh, when that guy has a microphone in his hands, I'm stopping what I'm doing to listen to him because he's that good. And um, I remember in your predictions when I was putting down who I wanted to win the match, I was picking uh, Grimes just because you didn't want two guys doing the million-dollar gimmick on the same show. And so how do you separate the, the two things? And, okay, now it makes sense. Uh, Knight makes off with the title. This is the uh, Million Dollar Man, and Million Dollar Man goes to Grimes the way it should have been in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a interesting division of the assets that uh, I wasn't expecting, and it takes that whole you know doing the the big money things uh, off of Grimes' plate and just makes him like the super heel for. Beating down Bibiasi, and Grimes still gets to do his "I'm the million dollar uh, man" kind of gimmick because he's mm-hmm. the millionaire. And now you have two clearly defined sides to go at each other for you know probably the next couple months. And um, with Bibiasi in the middle, is it gives uh, legitimacy to both of them, mm-hmm. and um, it's going to raise both of them up. So, uh, and those guys are as good as you, you're going to get uh, in the ring. They're going to have some great matches. I have no doubt that ladder match, to see any indication, what we're going to have coming to us, you know, it's looking real good. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for the whole rivalry with, with these two. And uh, Million Dollar Man in the middle is just going to make them all shine uh, even brighter. And eventually bring in um, Grimes to the main roster. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have that instant legitimacy just for having DBS in his corner. So uh, I'm looking forward to that happening maybe after the draft. So if that's happening in August, it gives us a couple months with the uh, LA Knight rivalry. 
And then DiBiase uh, brings him up. Knight can say, I came out of NXT, and, you know, everybody gets elevated, looks good on their own. I kind of thought LA Knight was going to throw the title down, like a la Shane Douglas, and say, you know, like, I don't need this title. You know, I I know I won, but, uh, but you know, laying out Ted DiBiase is probably even better. Like I said, it kind of it put him at that next step, I think, to really – move him ahead where he needs to be. So uh, we did have a couple of uh, uh, women's tag team match. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai defeated Caden Carter and Casey Castazaro, you know, kind of building themselves up, trying to get back in that tag team title picture. We also had Io Shirai out uh, trying to talk her next challenge. Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell came out there and then they were fought off by Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. So we're going to get some tag team title matches, you know, tag team women matches there. But let's go to the main event, which was Tomasa Champa and Timothy Thatcher defeating the Grizzled Young Veterans. I was kind of surprised that GYV did not pick up the win, you know. But I think Thatcher and Champa make sense to kind of get in the next title shot. And then maybe you have the Grizzled Young Veterans cost them the title shot. But it feels like these teams are going to go at it for the rest of their career in NXT, just with you know the hard hitting matches and what they can do. And I'm I'm here for it, especially if you throw Imperium in there, another hard hitting you know tag team. And then you could throw Brizongo in there because, like we said, we want to give Brizongo some sort of legitimacy. So, uh, what do you think about the main event there, uh, Greg? It was a good match. Um, I really enjoyed that match. Um, and I'm same with you. I'm a big GYV fan, and they're not getting wins, um, but they're they're staying in the picture. So, you know, just by you know getting involved maybe where they shouldn't be or beating them down backstage, um, still lends them some kind of um, relevance. But uh, I'm waiting for GYV to get the titles. And I know they're trying to get over, you know, MSK. They're still doing nothing for me. I'm more into Thatcher and Champa than um, MSK. And I would like to see them with the titles uh, more. But now you got, you know, babyfaces going off against each other. And that's usually not the NXT formula. Um, so I think eventually it's going to come back around to GYV. Uh, possibly Imperium if they um, right the ship and, you know, get their mojo back. But um, this main event was a really good main event. And, um, again, I understand Champa and Thatcher winning. I believe if we had crowds, they'd be a lot – they'd be on the uh, Champa and Thatcher side. And oh, yeah. it would it would be uh, – one of the biggest pops of the night for them too, just because of how they coexist in the ring and, you know, their story, how they came together and all that. Um, and just those two together, they look scary. They look like a tag team that's been around for a decade instead of, you know, a year maybe. So uh, it makes, it makes sense, but, you know, I'm waiting for GYV to get some love still. Maybe they have to go back to UK for that. <laughs> well, I mean, unless they want, I mean, they could be here for good now because they've been on NXT for a little bit now. So, you know, I kind of wonder if they might might have um, 
just you know relocated here and try to get to the going so um i guess you know we could call uh thatcher and champa the grizzled old veterans because they definitely <laughs> they definitely had the grizzled old look going on for them i thought this nxt really had that energy that was kind of missing here and there it seemed like the samoa joe stuff really helped kind of get people tweeting more about it getting an energy that had you know it's kind of missing here and there so um really good episode of nxt and we're going to move ahead to Great American Bash on July 6th, I think it is. Yeah, because the 4th is a Sunday. So, um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to the Great American Bash coming up as well on that Tuesday. So, uh, finally, let's finish up with SmackDown. We'll take one more commercial break, get you some rogue energy talk, get you that energy going. Uh, we did see the first ever Hell in a Cell match on network TV. Uh, Pat McAfee was all pumped for it as he was announcing during the night. Uh, we had Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio talk at the beginning of the night. I was kind of perplexed why the cell went down <laughs> on Rey Mysterio. Mm -hmm. I guess it was just a visual, but you thought you would have always had, you know, Jimmy come out there or Jay take him out at least once, but you just had the cell come down and then that was it. Uh, so not much to say at the beginning segment, but we also saw the next uh, segment, which was Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz, defeating Big E and Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn cost the team of Big E and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens now wants Sami Zayn, and that will happen at Hell in a Cell. But I thought Commander Aziz looked fine in his debut. I mean, wrestling in that jacket, I thought he was going to take the jacket off at some point and just have, you know, like a, a tank top, real tight, you know, nice form fitting. But he wrestled in that jacket in the whole match, so... Uh, more props to him in that. Uh, a good match. You know, I do like the uh, the team of Kevin Owens and Big E when Owens was, like, propping up Kevin or Big E as much, and then uh, Big E's just like, yep, I got Kevin Owens as my partner. <laughs> and I was like, well, there you go. You know, he's like, the wound still hurts, man. The wound still hurts. And I love that you're playing that back up, you know, when uh, the – I did enjoy that little time that Kevin Owens was with New Day. And then finally, of course, turned on them because that's Kevin Owens. And that's why I keep saying, give me the Kevin Owens, mm -hmm. Sami Zayn, tag team title run. I'm praying to the gods or Allah, <laughs> whoever Sami Zayn prays to. Um, but anyway, so, Greg, what do you think about this tag team match? Uh, I agree with you. It was entertaining from the uh, the backstory uh, standpoint of it that uh, – you know, Kevin Owens just can forgive and forget, but uh, not Big E. So that was funny because I think we all remember that. And uh, so that was a nice little wrinkle they threw in there. And um, this whole thing was to build up the match for uh, Hell in a Cell with Owens and Sammy. And uh, Aziz looked look decent for his, you know, first time out. And, you know, he looked strong. He, was what 90% of the match, and um, you know, it's what we expect. Mm -hmm. And uh, I th that being said, I think it looks better than um, Omas mm -hmm. as far as you know what we've seen in the ring so far. But um, you know, it was fine, nothing too crazy, but you know, it got its job done. Yeah, I mean, all these guys, I feel like they just have good chemistry together. And then, you know, Aziz is just going to get better 
because of working with all these guys. So, uh, and oh, well, we can't forget we also had the battle for the crown. So, we officially could say that Shinsuke Nakamura is now the owner of the crown. I think we still need to lead it to a king of the ring officially, and maybe the winner takes place at SummerSlam or something like that. But Nakamura with the crown, I think it's just going to make for good TV for the time being. And uh, King Corbin crying, legit, you know, <laughs> nice crocodile tears by him. His former teammate at Pat McAfee was giving him some hell for that. Because uh, I don't know if you know, but Corbin was on the Colts practice squad for a little bit when McAfee was here uh, as oh. a Colts player. So, And Corbin played on the Cardinals, I think, for like a season or so. But Corbin played for the Colts for a little, like, I think on the practice squad. I know for sure on the practice squad. I don't know if he ever got called up, but he was here for a hot minute. So I think that's why McAfee was giving him some crap the whole time on commentary. But, um, and of course, him dancing on the table. <laughs> Michael Cole's <laughs> like, you're going to hurt yourself one day. And uh, that's just, but Nakamura with the crowd. Rick, I thought Rick Boogs was going to take him out, though. When he was behind the chair, I'm like, oh, watch, Boogs is going to take the crown. But, um, you know, we probably still need Nakamura and Boogs together. So any thoughts on the Battle for the Crown match there, Greg? Yeah, I, I like it. Um, and it, it makes sense. You know, Corbin's been the king for you know, since King Ring in 2019. So it's almost two years. And, um, you know, we know why that there was no King of the Ring last year. But it was time to turn the crown over somewhere else. And I think that maybe there won't be a King of the Ring this year. And that's why they did this match to pass the crown on without having to throw an unnecessary um, pay-per-view into the mix. And, you know, for the purpose of becoming King of the Ring, because it's about that time of the year. I remember exactly when Corbin won it. But um, this makes sense that it would have been around this time. Um, so this way, you, can, you know, pass the crown to the next guy, have a legitimate King of the Ring pay-per-view next year, and, you know, we get King Nakamura for a year, which is going to be a lot more entertaining than King Corbin was, even though the first few months with his uh, little man-carried uh, sedan, yeah, the sedan, and, you know, that whole business was entertaining for a few minutes, you know, it got old, and they finally get start getting rid of all of his, you know, little pieces of flair to steal a line from off the space. Uh, the extra little things that he had, and it was just him with the scepter and the, the crown on. Um, it's going to be a lot more interesting with Nakamura and the things he's been doing, just with it, riding around town with it, posing with the dog and. I think he's going to have a lot more fun with it, and it's going to be more entertaining to watch. And like we know with Nakamura, I think if you give him something he really wants to do, I think he's going to motivate himself to like do more with it. Um, and then, of course, we did try the whole Knights of the Lone Wolf, and then you know that I thought that could have went somewhere with King, you know, another avenue for King Corbin. But um, I, I do remember he beat Chad Gable because I think we were all pulling for Chad Gable to win. And I think that would have been good for Chad Gable. But uh, it sounds like Gable's doing okay with the Alpha Academy, which we'll get to in a minute. But we also saw Bianca Belair out there, and she challenged Bailey to a Hell in a Cell match. And Bailey accepted and took her out anyways. 
I'm okay with this. I thought this could have been one of the matches. I know it usually it's the blood, you know, the the feud of feuds, but you know, they have been going at each other. So if and I don't think you could have just done Drew and Lashley. You needed another match. So, you know, maybe this opens up the night. And I I'll be interested to see how Bianca does it there. We've seen Bailey in there, but we've never seen Bianca in this cell. And maybe this could give Bianca another, you know, chip another feather in her cap as far as, you know, showing what she could do. So, uh, Greg, how are you feeling about the Hell in a Cell match for this um, this Sunday for Bailey and Bianca Belair? Um, I don't hate it. I get what they're doing. Um, they want to give, you know, MBC some love by putting Hell in a Cell on their channel mm-hmm. and, um, you know, getting more eyeballs on it. And... It also serves the purpose that uh, Roman Reigns only has to do like a 20-minute match and, um, you know, take a little bit of a beating. And now he doesn't have to defend on the pay-per-view um, inside the cell. And that opened up a spot for somebody else to get in the cell. Um, and there, there's been enough animosity and enough of a long running storyline with Bianca and Bailey that uh, it makes sense. Um, I don't know if I wanted to see Bianca in a cell this early in her career, but um, you know, you got to start somewhere. You got to, you know, build your legacy, um, you know, where you can. And this may be one of those moments for her that, you know, it does escalate her, you know, into a new level. Uh, she's already a superior athlete, and, um, you know, she's, she's young. She's going to have, you know, plenty of moments, but you can't start – you can never start too early building those moments. So um, I'm going to go in there looking forward to, you know, a great match. I hope it's, uh, you know, brutal and reminiscent of uh, Bailey and Sasha. Um, you know, you know, turn it up from there. And so um, I have measured expectations just because Bianca is still in her um, infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the main roster and, uh, you know, for age and everything. But um uh, I'm expecting a, a good match, a, a cell-worthy match. It would kind of come full circle, though, if Bailey won the title back. Because technically, she, well, not technically, she did lose the title at the Hell in a Cell match to Sasha. So talk about a, a full circle moment. I don't think she's going to, but, you know, we could. Uh, speaking of the Alpha Academy, uh, Otis, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm – I think Otis is another guy, the look – like he shaved the beard, you know, he's kind of gone. Uh, I think he needs to do the hair, like, you know, almost like Gable. You gotta gotta lose that ponytail or something. But um, I'm kind of digging this Otis, just you know, big heavy for Chad Gable, and he took out Angelo Dawkins, took out Montez Ford. Uh, I don't know where it's gonna go, <laughs> but um, yeah, what do you? How do you feel about Otis now after a couple beatdowns that he's shown? I'm starting to dig it. Um, when I saw him aligning with Gable, and I know they were 
going heel with him and he still looked like he did. I was like, I don't get it. Oh, how are they going to do this with him? Because everybody loves Otis. But uh, yeah, they did it. You know, they slipped back the hair. They cut the beard off. They gave him a more of a not thuggish, but um, you know, more of a brutish, you know, yeah. kind of look to him. You know, he's going from the oh yeah to kind of snarling all the time, and he does look like kind of a different guy now. You know, it's still Otis, but you know, it's you know, it's Bizarro Otis. And, you know, he comes out, he beats people up, he doesn't say much, and lets Gable do the talking, which is key. Um, because as soon as he opens his mouth and starts talking, we're going to be reminded of, you know, heavy machinery Otis. So it's better to let um, Gable do the talking and him do the smashing. It's, it's perfect the way they're doing it right now. So um, I'm, I'm liking it. You know, heel Otis is looking good. He's looking legit. And... You don't remind. You don't think of the caterpillar. You don't think of, um, you know, the goofy stuff that he was doing before he turned. So, I like the more serious Otis. The tadpole splash. <laughs> he used right. to call it the tadpole splash. That that finishing move too. That the left-handed clothesline with the suplex by Chad Gable. That was a pretty. Mm-hmm. That looked pretty impressive. Like, because you know you're getting clothesline and you're getting suplex. Like that's you know that's gotta feel good in the morning. So. Uh, I hope they go forward with that as a finishing maneuver. And, of course, we had the history-making first-ever on-network TV Hell in a Cell match for the Universal title. Man, Roman was laying down a lot for Ray. I really – I give Roman props. Like, this heel turn as – I don't know what's changed in Roman's mindset, but it's like he got it all pieced together. The the chair on the head thrown into the, um, the, the cell a few times. Then he does the ridiculous spear through the table, misses. But then you had the Roman that we know could happen, and Roman just took over, uh, locked in. I think he did a different type of guillotine, where it was almost like he had the backward. You know, he, he put him in a different way, and then Jimmy Uso comes out and acknowledges him, which I felt like they didn't bring, they didn't talk that up as much. Like I think the commentary did a good job. But, you know, it, it felt like that could have been a little bit bigger moment because we always know Jay was on Jimmy or on Roman's side, and now you got Jimmy on his side. That's going to make even more interesting story for that. So uh, I thought it was a really good, you know, good hell cell match. I didn't like the commercial breaks. I thought that kind of mm-hmm. took away from the momentum of it. I wish they could at least done picture-picture. Because, you know, it's like, well, he's hurting him, and then he's back, like, winning. You know, it's that weird uh, aspect of it. But And I, I get it. Like, if Fox said, hey, we want the hell in this, well, then you're going to say, okay, Fox, you could get it. So um, I know some people were a little bit worried about, what you know, if they're going to do a bait and switch. They played it straight up. I mean, no, there was nothing unclean about it. I mean, Roman just went up there and, you know, laid down for Ray as much as he could, and then he took over. So, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a really strong effort by both guys. How about you, Greg? Yeah, it was it was a good match. I thought it was a bit anticlimactic, uh, just because uh, I was looking at the amount of time that was left when the match started, and you know, a, a great match that ends with the title change. It's usually going to give you a half hour plus. Um, and as I was, it was going to be a lot less than that. 
Um, I thought it fell flat a little bit because, you know, everything that's happening, this happened over Father's Day weekend, that, uh, you know, maybe he gets the win on this pay-per-view by some uh, some weird way, and then that carries over to a rematch on the pay-per-view, and he gets it back or something. But, um, you know, they didn't do it that way. You know, Ray got his licks in, and probably owned two-thirds of the match, and then Roman came in and submitted him with a standing guillotine, which is um, not unseen in MMA circles. I've seen it happen uh, multiple times. He just delivered it a little bit differently. Um, if he had done it the way they do it in martial arts, you, you never would have got the facial reaction and everything and passing out and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But I get they were, what they were doing, and he was just doing a, a standing guillotine, you know, WWE style. Um, same way everybody goes for the cross arm breaker that is a uh, little exaggeration of what it really is. If yeah. you know somebody gets that arm extended like that, they're not just going to roll over and grab the other hand and save themselves. It's a lot more difficult than that. But yeah. Uh, I got it. it was still uh, a good match, but for, you know, the timing um, and the non-payoff, uh, it kind of took some of the shine off of it for me, but, you know, still great job by Ray and, you know, Roman looks strong as ever. Yep. All right. So that is our talk on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, getting ready for the Hell in a Cell predictions. Let's give a quick rogue energy commercial break if you need some energy get in touch with rogue We are back, ready to give you our Hell in a Cell predictions. We've already kind of given you one, but we'll go through it anyway and kind of give our talk about what we are expecting for this pay-per-view. Kind of change it up where they had, now we got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on there. We have Bianca Belair and Bailey in the Cell match. Um, so a little bit changes from where it was the previous day. So we'll kind of start at the bottom there. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. I want to go first. I want to predict Kevin Owens to win. I I think Kevin Owens can pick up a win and still keep Sami Zayn okay. It could build up the Sami Zayn conspiracy. Um, I don't know if you're noticing, Greg. It feels like it's the um, the my pillow guy where he keeps saying that it's going to come out, everything's coming out, and it <laughs> hasn't ever come out. So I think that's kind of what they're playing off of, which is kind of weird because Vince McMahon is obviously for Trump. But anyways, that's a whole other story. So. I just kind of got that feeling that this conspiracy or this 
video is never coming out and he's going to keep talking up. So, but if Kevin Owens picks up the win, you can have Sami Zayn see I was screwed again and keep playing up the conspiracy. Are you going with Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, Greg? I'm going KO. Um, I I get what you're saying, but the, uh, the conspiracy angle and of course the, that's what it spent after he takes the nail. But you know what happened to the documentary guys? What happened to mentioning the conspiracy? Now um, he hasn't said the word conspiracy in a couple of weeks. If if uh, my memory serves, so um, I'm wondering if it's starting to run its course. But um, Sammy and Kevin never gets old, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to another classic of those two. And what's funny is I'd heard they talked about this being in the cell. And I get it, but I felt like we would need a longer program to build up for that. You know, yeah. I don't think you could have had them say, I want to sell match last night. I think you need a little more. So um, now I do think Cesaro and Seth Rollins could have played up the cell, uh, which is our next match. I'm going to call Cesaro to pick up the win here. I think what might happen is maybe Cesaro, maybe Seth can cost Cesaro the money in the bank match. Because I feel like they'll both be in the Money in the Bank ladder match next month. So that could be Seth Rollins' way to get over on Cesaro without pinning him or beating him. So I'm going to call Cesaro to win. Uh, um, you know, maybe Cesaro and Roman Reigns next month. But I still, I could almost see Cesaro in the Money in the Bank match instead. Maybe a Friday night SmackDown, we get Cesaro and Roman Reigns for the title. Um, just to kind of build that up. But uh, I'm calling for Cesaro to win. How about you, Greg? Yep, I agree. Uh, Seth's been getting the better of uh, Cesaro on TV, unless you want to count the little push out of the chair. Um, but Seth's done a lot more damage uh, to Cesaro in over the last, you know, month or two. So I definitely think it's a Cesaro moment right here. All right, Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler. I'm gonna say no contest. Because I think some shenanigans are going to happen. I don't think we're going to get a winner. Uh, is that kind of where you're headed to? That's exactly what I was thinking. Of the case. Something's weird going to happen in this match. Because um, Shayna should break her in half. But, you know, <laughs> something's, something's going to happen. Um, and I saw an article, but I didn't read it about what Spray White been doing, why we've seen The Fiend. And it's like, I don't even want to know. It's, but I expect him to pop up at any moment because he's been out of the picture for a while. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think his his image is on the, uh, when the show is coming on, the, the little mm -hmm. intro montage. Um, so I think he's been keeping, you know, off screen uh, for a reason. And uh, it's coming soon. So if it's not him, something else weird is going to happen. And, you know, nobody's going to get pinned or submitted in this match. And I guess that would be interesting if Bray did come back and cost Alexa Bliss the match. Because technically she kind of cost him the match against Orton. And that's the last time we saw Bray. So exactly. I could, I'm here, I was hearing Bray was kind of struggling with depression a little bit. And that's why he's kind of been off TV. I think he needed some more time after Luke Harper's death, but who knows? Maybe they're just trying to figure out his, you know, kind of what's going on too. So, um, but, you know, 
I I think there's gonna be shenanigans in this match. Maybe a bunch yeah. of Lily dolls show up or something. <laughs> so uh now we're into our three title matches. So like I said, I wonder if maybe we open up the night with the women's championship for SmackDown, Bianca Belair and Bailey, kind of get that cell going. It's all Bianca Belair, she's gonna win. I think she does take her licks in here. And because we haven't really seen Bianca in any type of, you know, even in NXT, you know, we just seen her pretty much straight up matches. So I'm going to be interested to see how she does in here. And like you said, early in her career, <laughs> you know, like they always say, the self changes you <laughs> for better yeah. or for worse sometimes, mostly for worse. You know, hopefully, you know, don't take a bad bump or anything like that. But, um, you know, I do think they play the the cell up a little more safe now. So. But I do think we're gonna we're gonna see some hard hitting stuff, maybe some kendo sticks involved. That seems to be their big thing. But I'm gonna call Bianca Belair for the win, and maybe Sasha appears at the end of it just to kind of get Sasha's name back in it. But I'm I've been wondering where Sasha is. That's another one. You know, did she just want mm-hmm. time off? Is there truly nothing for them to, for her to do? Because you know, it just it, that's been an interesting one with me. So. I think Bianca Belair, well, I do know, I know Bianca Belair wins this match. How about you? Yep, I agree. Team Bianca, and I've been thinking the same thing. It's like, it's been too long since we've seen a Sasha uh, anywhere. And, um, you know, maybe they're saving her for, you know, crowds too, because she mm-hmm. is one of the pandemic heroes, but she's, you know, loved by the universe matter if she's heel or face so uh maybe it's going to be you know that big that big moment when they're back in front of a live audience but i can see her coming out and putting herself back in the picture uh at the end of this match because who else is is there after bailey that's true yeah and of course they do get smackdown being the first show back kind of on the more back tour. So I guess what better way than Sasha Banks kind of showing back? Because you know everybody's going to get the pops there. Um, right. And you maybe, got uh, Sasha come out and go, I want my rematch. What's the next pay-per-view? SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because you, you would assume you're going to have whoever um, – you already have Money in the Bank determine whoever's going to face uh, Bianca Belair, which like we said, I think at this point – I have no idea, <laughs> but because I don't think you can revisit Bailey again. So yeah, I'll be interested to see where they kind of go next. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. This one I keep going back and forth on because it's Charlotte. Uh, I'm gonna say Charlotte wins by D. Eh, I don't want to. Uh, I'll let you go first because I can't decide. I'm like I. It's Charlotte. Like <laughs> I just don't know. I'll let you go first, Greg, and you can give your thoughts. Yeah, um, I've I've not enjoyed this storyline at all with Rhea and Charlotte just because they're so um, ill-defined. Are they too similar? Yeah, they are way too similar. They they both come across as heels and uh, you know trying to top each other by you know throwing around Oscar and and Nikki Cross. And just playing, you know, mean girls, can you top this? Um, whereas they should have been, you know, keep pounding on, you know, I'd beat you at WrestleMania and leaving Rhea the more 
of the face, you know, I need to get this win back and prove myself kind of uh, angle. And they, they just come off smug and, you know, unbearable. And right now, I'm Maria fan now, like like either one of them. Um, so I think there's going to be type of a, a no contest kind of finish or a double DQ, but um, I have Rhea keeping the title. And that's, I, I'm leaning on that. I'm going to say Rhea wins somehow, um, but I feel like we'll get them again <laughs> at Money yeah. in the Bank. Because right now, like we said, I guess you could throw Nikki Cross in there too, but I almost feel like the Nikki Cross match will happen on a Raw just to kind of build that up. So uh, now, like we said, the easiest matchup to predict, Bobby Lashley, the WWE champion, versus Drew McIntyre. I think we're going to see some real good physicality. I kind of hope they go outside the cell and did the old spot from, you know, the side of the cell into the table, that type of deal. You know, get some chairs going, get a couple tables. Just, you know, let let the kitchen sink out. But this is all Bobby Lashley. Mark it down in permanent marker. You know, <laughs> go to your bookie and make probably no monies back because I can't imagine, you know, <laughs> this is going to be very high odds for Lashley. So, because um, I know there are sites where you can bet on this stuff, but I've never done it, even though I probably should. I could probably make a little bit of cash. Um, especially with how easy some of these are, but Lashley yeah. for the win. And then, like we said, we, we got to get drew down. Drew's got to start back at the bottom and we got to back up the brakes truck for Rusner. Cause that's your money match. That's going to get people in, in Vegas. Like that's what I keep thinking. It's Vegas. Like <laughs> you want something big. You can't give me Lashley and AJ styles. You know, you can't give me Lashley and Kofi. Like, I mean, it, Anyways, so <laughs> uh, Greg. Yeah, you're absolutely right, um, and I'm I'm like you. It, they have had you know great hard hitting matches, um, this whole program, and so this one should be no different. But um, heavy on the weaponry, and everything, let it all out. Tables, ladders, and chairs. You know, using the pun and on purpose, uh, bring it all out. Uh, the kendo sticks, the, you know, the fire singers under the rain, you know, use all the stuff. Um, it, don't climb the cage, save, save that. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, those two, we don't need to see that spot, but all the other spots. Yes. Um, a good, make it violet, you know, maybe give us a little color. I know uh, Vince is not about color anymore. He used to be back in the day, but he's not now. But this um, match could use it, I think. Yeah, I think if you're in a cage, there should be color. It, it doesn't make sense that, uh, you know, for as menacing as they talk about this hell being and how brutal that, you know, us long-term fans have seen, you know, bloody, gory cage matches that, you know, they had so many cage matches and nobody bleeds. Um you know, it, it does make sense. Yeah, I would love to see a good bloody brawl to finish off the rivalry. And then, you know, maybe at the end they shake hands and, you know, give each other respect. You know, that's the way it, it, it should end. You know, they should kill each other in the ring, good, you know, bloody finish, and then, you know, give each other respect and then go on their separate ways. 
but I definitely have Lashley winning. So we've never really talked about this, but do you have a favorite Hell in a Cell match, Greg, by chance? Since we're kind of, we'll kind of finish up, you know, talk about the good old days of Hell in a Cell matches. Do you have a favorite one or any, you know, obviously the usual ones stick out, but do you have a favorite one by chance that you could think of off the top of your head? Yeah, I think mine, I'm going to fall with the majority if they have to pick the one, the Undertaker throwing uh, Mick Foley off the cage through the announce desk, you know, tooth coming out the nose, getting up, crawling back on the cage, and then getting a choke slam through the cage. Through. Holy crap, I thought he was dead because I was like, I bet that was supposed to happen. And yeah. that was one of those. And the chair. Where, the chair almost yeah. was, like almost took him out. <laughs> exactly. And that was the moment where you know, you don't have that many you remember where you were when you saw this kind of moments. But yeah. I remember where I was when I saw that. Um there was a um Buffalo Wild Wings that was mm-hmm. not far from uh where I lived that showed all the WWE pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And um Myself and about five friends who are all big wrestling fans uh, would go and watch these pay-per-views, and the place was packed. Mm-hmm. And um, we were watching this, and just all of us immersed. If the waiters came up, we didn't see him, um, especially during this match. And when he went crashing through that table, everybody gasped because. <laughs> Jim Ross is going like he killed him. We probably agree yeah. with it. Good God, um, he's broken in half. Right, and uh, yeah, so that was one of those moments where everybody was in awe of what we were watching, and you know, you know, forget suspending disbelief. We thought he he killed the guy because we'd never seen that happen before, and then for the match to continue the way it did, it was. You know, hands down, one of the most memorable matches I've ever seen, and I'm pretty sure ever will see. So, as far as uh, Ellen Cell, that's probably number one, and uh, number two would be uh, the Undertaker Shawn Michaels when I came up, up and rips the door off the cage. So, um, those are the two best matches I've ever seen in the side in the cell. And Sean and apparently HBK at that time was like, I mean, he was wrecked beyond belief. Like he should have been competing in that match. So and then you think back to the Undertaker McFoley. Remember Undertaker jumped down from the cell and I think sprained his ankle or broke or almost broke it because he like missed time like missed timed his you know his footing, you know, almost you know, and then he's a hobbling around. So it's just it's funny because like it's not a match <laughs> when you think about it, it's just a, it's a spectacle. I go right. back to Undertaker and Brock in the cell when Undertaker had the cast and he had Brock like uh-huh. destroying that thing. Both now both guys were a bloody mess, and, and that's when Lesnar I think climbed on the top of the cage and like just had the bloody shot of him on top of the cage. Yeah, and of course, um, what uh, Mick Foley and Triple H. They fought yeah. on the cell. That one was good. And I still think under the radar, now this is more the aftermath, was the John Cena, Del Rio, Alberto Del Rio, CM Punk, when Miz and R-Truth came in and just wrecked the whole event. 
And then we thought Miz, our truth was going to be something big, which it should have been. But then they got they dropped out to the Rock and Cena at Survivor Series. But anyways, and that's when CM Punk won. CM Punk had won the title back at Survivor Series because he should have never lost the title at at um, at a uh, SummerSlam. But that year, that was a good year in in WWE. I think it's 2012 or 2011. Sorry. That 2011-2012 time frame, that was some good stuff. But, yeah, that one, I remember Miz and R-Truth. I mean, they played that up so well. You yeah, had Triple H coming out there. You had all the – like the aftermath because nobody really knew what was going on. So, and that, but the me, Triple uh, H – sorry, go ahead. I was going to give me an honorable mention for uh, Triple H and Jericho in the cell. Mm-hmm. Is that, that when that we had did, – did we have Jericho – Doing the walls of Jericho on top of the cell, I think. Right, and we have the, uh, I think we have the barbed wire bat too. Mm-hmm. But the the Triple H and Mick Foley one, like they had those what three matches that really pushed Triple H for me. Like the what you know when he retired Mick Foley, and then yeah. brought him back and all that. Um, but that that was when Triple H like really took off. So it it is kind of like. I guess recent times you got to think about New Day and Usos because, like you said, that gave the Usos, or sorry, that gave New Day the legit- legitimacy. I think it kind of gave the Usos to it too, because you know we thought of the Usos as the the high flying, you know, super kicks, and that's really you know we don't think you know makeup and all that. So I think that was a good you know, and I that might have been the only tag team. Well, no, we've had other tag team. We've never had tag team titles defended in there, but. Um, yes, there's been, you know, I don't, now, what is your thoughts on the red? Like the red cage, does that need to go away? Uh, probably not. It just makes it, you know, stand out a little bit more. Um, I feel like it shows up better on TV. Yeah. Than the old one. I agree. The old one was hard to see. And I can't, now I would think it kind of sucked to go there live because I don't know what, if it'd be easy to, you know, what kind of vantage point, you know, unless they show the cameras inside, but it seems like one of those that would be hard to see at live. But um, yeah, I, I joke. Some people joke. They're surprised they didn't do the cage blue last night for SmackDown, which would have made sense. But you know, mm-hmm. I guess you you don't have an you don't have an extra hell in a cell just sitting around that you could paint, you know, blue. So, right. um, but anyways, but yeah, I. I, I I think I love it. You know, it's been defended everywhere, it feels like. So I'm expecting to, you know, kind of a fun night, good night of wrestling and get us, you know, like we said, this final push towards real crowds. Like that Money in the Bank pay-per-view next month is going to just feel normal. You know, everybody's going to get a pop other than Jackson Riker. <laughs> but <laughs> if he's even on there. But anyways, yeah. So like I think – I think Money in the Bank next month is going to be a lot of fun just with the, the crowd back. Hopefully we'll get some good Money in the Bank matches. And, uh, yeah. So thank you for watching. Thank you, Greg, for joining. Go Suns. I'll, yes, I'll root for them because, you know, why not? Um, plus, I don't really care for the Clippers. So <laughs> there you go. And uh, go Hawks on the other side, I guess. Because, I mean, I kind of want the Bucks to win because I feel like Giannis deserves it. More so than you know, Durant, Harden, or Irving. So, right. um, homegrown yeah. team, homegrown team. And as far as we know, Giannis will be there for the next what four, four or five years? I think it is. 
I thought he re-signed or something, but uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be gone eventually. So, but anyways, um, thank you for joining me. Thanks for talking. Enjoy Hell in a Cell tomorrow night, and we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll get caught up on AEW. We kind of mixed that, missed that this week because they they got to get back on Wednesdays for me so I can stay up for them because I just I can't <laughs> stay awake for it anymore. But uh, and I just I you know you get you get SmackDown for two hours and you're like oh I still you know then I got two hours of AW and I'm like okay like <laughs> I'll just and I tried to watch it this morning but I don't think it was available yet so I was trying to get caught up on it and I kept trying and just wasn't available so but anyways. So talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Have a good one.